Off the faceoff, Tarasenko to Petrangelo, to Shen, back to Tarasenko. Walking in, fire scores! And O'Reilly off the glass and out to center. Tarasenko followed it up. Coming in on Haskin and driving wide. Tarasenko scores! up everything welcome back to the two guys no cup podcast it is april 26th that is a friday we are coming to you from our spacious studios inside the spaceship on mars the dallas starship there you go you brought it back from the brink ian you're already complaining about how late we're starting (laughs) would you like to tell the people why so we're going to see Avengers at 7 a.m. 7 a.m. By my choice. But you were kind enough to invite me, and I do appreciate it, because I have very few friends. So. <laughs> if, you, if you weren't going to see it with me, you weren't going to see Avengers till you had children. <laughs> Probably. There's a very real chance. Steven Jr., possible. what happened at the end of Endgame? <laughs> um, we will likely probably do a conversation about Avengers whenever we next podcast. Oh yeah, that'll that'll be half the podcast. (laughs) At the end. We'll we'll, we'll get the spoiler alert. Don't worry, anyone. Don't worry. We can't spoil nothing now because we don't even know that Thanos turns into a blue horny toad or whatever he does. So At least two people out there hate (laughs) you right now. They threw their phone across (laughs) the room. Um, No, tonight we are not here to discuss... Uh, the Avengers. We are here to discuss the other superheroes in our lives, oh, the St. Louis Blues. My heart be still. Last night, for those of you who didn't see on the Twitter, Ian and I were attendees at the game mm-hmm. in preposterously good seats. Uh, don't worry, we did not sell out to big podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I do work for a very generous boss who I am a kept woman for, apparently. And and he bought tickets out of the blue with no prompting. He uh, he did earlier in that day. He was like, so uh, when's the Blues' first round game a couple of times? And I was like, I don't really know. And he's like, who do they play? And I was like, I don't really know, because he bought it like the day of the yeah. Nashville game six. And in any case, we sat two rows back from the well we were in the third row back mm. from the glass almost dead behind Pierre 
on like the blues side of the bench and it was insane and it was really like it was why don't we just talk about the experience yeah. first well, i mean we've both yeah. been to games yeah but these are probably the best seats i'll ever have yeah i think at least one time i walked down to the glass uh-huh. when i was in high school because i'm like no one's sitting down there and it's the 0809 blues they're not that good in uh-huh. the first half <laughs> and so you can just walk down but yeah those are the best seats i've ever had with a real ticket, and I appreciate the invite, oh. and I greatly appreciate your boss. <laughs> what a fine man that man is. He must is. be incredible. Yeah, that was quite the experience. That, that was a lot of fun. You don't realize how big these guys are until you're down there. I mean, you do, but at the same time, you're just like, wow, Robert yeah. Thomas is a man, and I'm kind of a boy <laughs> compared to Robert <laughs> Thomas. And, it's, and we were saying, too, you see these guys... And you never see them, like, in person except for, you know, really far away normally when we're up in, like, the 300s. Mm-hmm. But you see them all the time on TV and zoomed in on their face. So when you're looking at them, it's both surreal, but it's also like you're seeing someone from like an college. Old and you're like, oh, yeah, I've seen you. I see you all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And it you see the back of all these people's heads of, like, the coaches. Like, there's Steve Ott with his nicely kept hair. There's Craig Brube. With his almost non-existent hair. Yeah, it's going away, Justin. He's got a pretty bad bald spot. He's hiding it better than most, to mm-hmm. be, to his credit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that was true. I think the other thing that was interesting was just, like, it's a totally different game watched up that close. Mm-hmm. Because you're not really seeing uh, first world problems. Clearly, <laughs> you're like, you're, but like, like, you're not really seeing, like, it's just not what the game presentation is like any other time you watch it. Mm-hmm. And even when you're sitting up in the nosebleeds, which is where I usually am. Where we you're deserve seeing like to be. You're seeing like a bird's eye view of everything. Yeah. And like you can't, you can't see the details as close as you can where we were. But like you definitely can see more of like the play developing. And like they get into the corners and you'd have to like look up at the screen because you're like, well, I can't. See them if they're in the corner to yeah. Bishop's right or whatever, you know. So. We were behind the Blues bench, so the side the Blues shot at twice was was farther from us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so uh, it was just kind of weird. It was like a weird look because the way the glass goes and it curves behind the bench, but then back out to run the the ice, mm-hmm. and so you kind of look through the corner and it's sort of like fisheye vision. Yeah, but the the Tarasenko goal we saw. Maybe because it went up in the air, mm. I could see. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was the great. Robbie Fabry goal that I was like, "Huh?" <laughs> and then I had to stand like, "Yay, we scored!" <laughs> so yeah, I'm a lot of good pictures and uh, video or two on on the Twitter at mm. Two Guys No Cup. That crowd was bumping. You can go follow us there. It was or at uh, Two Guys No Cup on Instagram as well. All spelled out in letters. Uh, yeah, the crowd was really hot. I think. Um, they had the LED bracelet thing again, which is cool but underwhelming. It is probably it's probably cooler when you're not in there and you get to again get to kind of see, see the whole thing. But like sometimes mine was white and other times mine was blue. It was weird how they kept like periodically doing something during the game, and it's like okay, I mean that's cool. But they didn't they couldn't do anything that like was distracting. But uh-huh. the lights were on, so it always felt like they were just flashing white. Like yeah. remember. To put this in a box when you leave, <laughs> and I feel like uh, I feel like Vegas raised the stakes for everybody for like pregame celebrations mm. last year, but then like 
other teams don't have access to the same level of like show business people that Vegas. Yeah. You know, there are probably people that have washed up from Vegas strip acts that are looking for a job out there and they're like, hey, come produce our free game stuff, you know? And it's yeah, like, that's true. We just can't handle it. But it was still cool. It was cool to see the Kelly Chase video again. It was cool to see my article out there briefly and feel <laughs> embarrassed, even though nobody but me knows that I wrote it. And Everyone around us stared right at you and <laughs> shook their head yep. in unison. Um, yeah, it was it was awesome. It was tight. So uh, we haven't really had a chance to go back and really watch the game after the fact. We've seen the highlights, and so we're going to give kind of a kind of a hybrid view and kind mm-hmm. of a different take than we would usually give. But we can just jump right in to game one of the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, which if you'd told us we were playing in back in January, mm-hmm. we would have we would have laughed Who at it. Who would have thought? Uh, I, I I I'm gonna do a Mia culpa <laughs> right here off the top. And I because I saw somebody on Twitter, and I don't remember who it was, but they said something to the extent of, Robbie Fabry is going to need to be 26-team Robbie Fabry in this series. And I was kind of like, no, he's not. And <laughs> I still think I'm if we're relying on Robbie oh, Fabry, he doesn't need trouble. to be that. But right off the hop, Rob, I mean, he looked good, I think, even before this. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he s- zooms in, skating... As well as he ever did, really, when he was well, he before had he had knee. his injuries. <laughs> yeah, before his floaty two bones. knees ago, and uh, he worked around a, a Dallas defenseman here, number forty-two. It looks like whoever that at Polak, maybe I think maybe Polak. But in any case, works around him and uh, shoots on Ben Bishop five hole and beats him. Ivan Barbashev and Colton Pareko assisted on that one. Um, that was quite the pass to break him out. <laughs> I do have to say, and we'll get to Bishop's comment here in a minute, I came into this series thinking, we're just going to get dirt-roaded by Ben Bishop, mm-hmm. and that's how we get bounced. And, like, we're the better team. It's like the Jonathan yeah, Quick yeah. thing, where it's like uh. we're clearly the better thing, and he just friggin' pummels us. This goal inspired a lot of confidence. Yeah. <laughs> Not a good look for Ben <laughs> Bishop, particularly. Um, did eat him up in the five-hole pretty bad. Uh, Bishop said, I don't think he's trying to go five-hole. Kind of fans on it, and it goes goes five-hole. Sometimes when they're trying to shoot somewhere else and ends up fanning five-hole, that's how it goes in. Kind of an unfortunate break, but it happens sometimes. I love how many times (laughs) hockey quotes ends with, but it happens sometimes. So much like, I don't, yeah, this shouldn't have been a thing, but it was a thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, sometimes it is. (laughs) In this event, it's a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it was a great. I, I think he's oversimplifying. I think Robbie just beat him on this one, and mm. maybe maybe it took a weird bounce, but I don't think it's because it was Robbie's kind of a knuckler or but whatever. Where do you think it was going? Yeah. Whatever. Been, I mean, he wasn't. Tr- he clearly wasn't trying to beat you high or. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, you reacted like this is going five hole, and then you let it happen. And then it went five <laughs> yeah, hole. That's fine. Um, I sometimes sometimes you get beat sometimes. <laughs> I love Ben Bishop, but are all the goalies we play just gonna be like deflecting bitches? Yeah, like, Jesus. Jordan Bennington after game four mm-hmm. of our last series where we lost two to one, I think was it two to yeah. one or three to two, was like 
this result is on me. Yeah, it's like, I have to I be need better. I be better. And we were all like, oh, no, don't go to that place. <laughs> and all these other goalies are like, fucking weird bounces and bullshit calls. And, mm. uh, not great. Not a great look. Yep, not, not, Sore not terrific. Um, Jason, <laughs> Spezza. Folks, check out the video of Jason Spezza laughing online. Just type in Jason Spezza laughing. It'll be there. In fact, I think we might insert a little bit of it here. <laughs> it might sound a little bit like this. Summer can be a distraction if there's somebody asks for a trade request. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. <laughs> Missing that seven times. <laughs> you, do you, um... And I said, thanks, Tips. <laughs> so that was the uh, incomparable laugh of Jason Spencer. Wow. Wow. <laughs> this is the wow. incomparable goal of Jason Spezza. Really was John Klingberg doing the work here. Uh, kind of a porous defensive setup. Klingberg moved around. Petrangelo couldn't get over to him. He hit a really nice backdoor feed to Klingberg. Uh, or, uh, sorry, to Spezza. And it got past Edmondson and Fabry. And it was a one-timer for the goal. Beat Bennington. Nothing he could do about it. Fourth line was on the ice for this one. Um... They, I was going to talk about this later, but fourth line looked fine. Their Corsi four was pretty, pretty awful. They didn't play together much. I think both Fabry and Thomas got just shy of ten minutes, five on five, mm-hmm. and then Steen got a little bit over. Who was the one in Barbershop? Got about ten. Um, but even though they looked noticeable last night, like they were moving, they're fast, they're quick. They did seem to get hemmed in the zone a lot when mm-hmm. they were out there, and they weren't holding onto the puck a lot, so possession was down. You don't ever want to be like, your fourth line needs to be better to win the series. Kind of like your Robbie Fabry mm-hmm. comparable. It's like, you don't need to want to say Robbie Fabry has to be this good to win the series. You don't want to say you're relying on Fabry or the fourth line. But having said that, I would like to see them improve a little bit because you know that they're going to try and toss out Ben and Sagan and Radulov against that fourth line Especially at home. Especially when they get last year. Yeah, when home, they go back so. to Dallas. Yeah. So just a little thing I noticed there. But otherwise, they were moving. They were quick when they had the puck. They mm-hmm. just didn't have it very much. Yeah, Barbashev, I think, can tighten his game a little bit in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's not a, like he's he hasn't been terrible. No, and he's had some good games, too. Yeah, and he's hit people and all that. But I think he can improve. And the good news is we know there's room for improvement. So, mm-hmm. um the Blues, I got, I'll tell you, maybe it was just not why it was such a different experience and we had the crowd and mm. was always into it and so I felt more at ease. But like, never felt like we were in a lot of jeopardy in this one. And that to the point that when I looked at these notes and you'd, you'd written down the goals, I was like, no way did they equalize at one. Because mm-hmm. I just remember feeling like we kind of cruised through it, but they sure did. Uh, and it wasn't until about eight minutes later... When Vladimir Tarasenko got a go-ahead goal, and what's this on the power play? <laughs> uh, before earlier in the game, there had been kind of a bogus tripping call on Jason on uh, Jamie Ben. I think it was on Ben. Mm. Uh, one of our guys sort of tripped over his skates, but it was a little, a little bit like that trip that uh, Perot took over. Oh, maybe Tarasenko, Tarasenko or whoever late in the yep. was that in game six. Yeah, it was in the last uh, one. But it was a little like that. But in any case, we got the power play, and we scored about the only way that our power play can score, which is on the very first shot that it takes. <laughs> uh, but it was a nice setup. We won the 
won the face-off back, and, and Tarasenko got it, and he passed to uh, Petrangelo along the line, and then Petrangelo passed up to Shen along the boards, who passed right back to Tarasenko, and he got to drive in and shoot, which is... Our friend Jeff at 14th and Clark has pointed out, or no, at Hockey Feed STL, a.k.a. 14th and Clark. Twitter is so confusing. It is. Uh, he, that's how he's supposed to work on the power play because mm-hmm. he doesn't have the same one-timer that um, Ovechkin has, so he needs to work up and in. But it worked. Yeah. In this case, it worked. It was his first goal since game was it four? I want to say maybe. Maybe he scored in five. I don't remember. That was I. That was too I've big. Lost, but... Too big of a branch for me to comment <laughs> on. But it was his first goal. It was, certainly didn't score in the last game. So you want to see him heat up? He continued to heat up, as we'll talk about. Uh, he says after this, he said in a post game quote, "We talk a lot about our power play and practices." Not enough. I always say hard work will pay off. Good thing it works. <laughs> oh, what a what a just a cherubic a cherubic I don't know how to pronounce that child he is. Shin, <laughs> what a child. Shinner make a great pass. O'Ry make a pick. And the rest and they and they create a great scoring chance for me. And Ryan O'Reilly O'Reilly says, our first power play we had there wasn't great. We need to get back to shooting the puck to generate some momentum. Obviously, it was a big play. Everyone was involved on it, and it gave us some big confidence for sure. Big confidence. That sounds like something Donald Trump would say in a tweet about the GDP. But Big case. confidence in the GDP. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what did you think about this goal and the power play in general? I might really like this. Was, was this our only other power play chance? Yeah, we were one for two. So. Yeah, this was a. I really like this uh, gif. I want to say GIF, but that is incorrect. Oh, uh, we will make you walk. I'm the off bank. the podcast now. It's been <laughs> fun. Uh, Jeff, welcome aboard. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this gif you provided us is really nice because it does highlight Blake Como kind of running around on this penalty kill. And how Tarasenko gets open. I mean, he just stands there alone, but Como's the one doing all the work, or the bad work in this case, running around. And it's true, I think he texted us that, yeah, when you have someone running around like that on the penalty kill, you got to punish them. And it made me think of fighting games, where it's like, when, when someone whiffs on a combo, you got to punish them. you got to. If you don't punish... Combo breaker. If you don't punish them, you'll lose. Yeah. They drop the combo, they whiff. They go for something that's block punishable. It's over. Folks. It's over. That's game over. I'll start talking about Pokemon now, <laughs> folks. This is a lot like. But yeah, it illustrates how Tarasenko even sitting up the blue line. How, like you said, we kind of complain about if he gets the space. Yeah, he just gets to walk all the way up to the top of the circle now and fire it. Mm-hmm. And another great thing about this too, kind of along your Bishop um, comment earlier, is that. Anytime Tarasenko's scoring like this patented goal on a goalie, I'm like, okay, good. Mm-hmm. So that can go in. Yeah. Like, it's when they start stopping those, I'm like, oh, no, this is our best <laughs> shooter. Oh, no. But when that happens, I'm like, okay, at very least he can score. I'm good with that. I agree. I agree. Mm. One final thought. Thank God it's GIF, because if it was pronounced GIF, then he'd <laughs> Jif have Jif. to be GIF GIF. I think he is GIF GIF. I'm sorry, GIF <laughs> GIF. <Jif. laughs> 
We're kicking you off, Ian. We're kicking you off. Uh, Blues scored again early in the third period to make it 3-1. to one. Vladimir Tarasenko just decided to go God mode on this. I guess this was his fourth goal of the playoffs because you wrote three oh, yeah, again, sorry. you idiot. Uh, but he worked around. He he turnstiled. He turnstiled Miro Haskinen just after I'd finished praising him like 16 hours before this. God, what a long day. We got to talk about the day before this because, oh, my God. But anyway, <laughs> uh, he just turnstiled to Heiskanen, cut around Bishop and shot pretty low and, and scored. And uh, Low to high. Yeah, low to high. You're right. He shot. It looked low from the first angle, but you're right. That's he, probably what he was thinking, though. He, he didn't paddle it. down and was like, oh, I should have paddle up. <laughs> uh, Tarasenko again says, cut the middle. It's nice. But guys, you know you do this a lot. So you just try to take the puck wide, take it to the net, use the body, and good thing it works at the right time. <laughs> Thanks, Vladimir. Yeah. Sometimes he talks a lot without saying anything. Yeah, exactly. That was a great play. He does that a lot, or at least he tries to. And it does seem like when he's able to beat the guy, it more than often not goes in. Mm -hmm. Like normally, the goalie's already down and out at that point. Yeah, and O'Reilly adds, "It's amazing how he can make something out of nothing." Correct. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So at that point. Honestly, felt like we had it in the bag, mm-hmm. and we kind of did, um, but we didn't also because the stars made their late push, which yeah. you know they're gonna do. Well, because we remember, we're never gonna dagger it. And, well, remember we were saying it was just too much time left. Yeah. It was three one, but we had like seventeen minutes to go, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, don't turtle, but also maybe just shut them down now yeah. in a non turtley way. And you knew they were always, like I said, you knew they were always gonna oh, make yeah. a push. And they did end up scoring a goal. So before we talk about this, I forgot to go back and look. It sure looked like in the very closing second, like the last second, they either hit one off the post or like maybe they bounced one off the inboards and it just came back in front real Mm -hmm. bad. But it was hard to tell because we were like sort of in semi-celebration. But then I was like, oh, no. And I'm not sure what happened. So, folks, if you remember what happened, you can tell us. It didn't go over the line. That's all that matters. we did end up winning 3-2, so who cares, which is important to remember for this ensuing conversation because... The second star's goal, definitely not a goal. Flip mm-hmm. side of that coin, it definitely was a goal, mm-hmm. but it also wasn't a goal. So what <laughs> happened was uh, Rupe Hintz got a puck in front. There was a lot. This was a chaotic series, and there was a lot of jamming and scraping and all that. But a puck eventually gets kind of after, um, after Bennington had done the mummy pose, it kind of scraped trickles out to Ben, who's there pretty much unimposed, and just knocks it in. The problem is, a whistle blows very clearly on the play. I mean, there's no question. Mm -hmm. I didn't hear it in the arena, so we were very confused about what happened until I got a text about it. But um, very queer that a whistle blows on the play. And when they show it a couple of times, it's very queer that the whistle happens milliseconds before the play, before the puck goes in. Not, I mean, not even milliseconds because it's perceivable to the naked eye. Um, and I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's just not a goal. You blow the whistle, it's a dead play. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he shouldn't have blown the whistle. He shouldn't have blown the whistle. He shouldn't have blown sure. the whistle. Agreed. 
but he did, and then that's the, the letter of the law. It's the same reason that I'll hear people complain, and I get it. The guy, and it's normally like new hockey fans, maybe old hockey fans, I don't know. You flip the puck over the glass when you're trying to clear mm. it. You're just trying to clear it. You don't mean to get it over the glass, but you did, so now it's delay a game. And you go, well, he, didn't, he wasn't trying to do that. The whole reason for this penalty is that guys can't just turn around and throw it over the glass to kill, you know, to get a rest and have a face-off again. Yes, that's the purpose of it. But the letter of the law is that if it goes out in your own zone over the glass without touching it, it's delay of game. It doesn't matter about intent. That's just the rule. Unless, like they did in the Washington series, they just miss it entirely. Yeah, well, that's a whole other ball of wax. <laughs> but yeah, that's just the rule. So uh-huh. he blew the whistle. He shouldn't have, but he did. So it, the goal shouldn't have counted. And you're right. It's like right before the puck goes in, it's like whistle goal, whistle goal. But mm-hmm. whistle comes first. Yeah. And so I don't know what bothers me about that is that they walk around, they or they skate around, the officials do. They gather by the penalty boxes. They're talking to the little officials back there. Perron's skating over, talking to him. Steen's talking to the officials. The officials are kind of pointing them off. And then they just turn silently after probably about, like, what, 90 seconds and point to center ice. Yeah. Like, all right, face-off time, and it's a goal. But shouldn't, shouldn't they be able to mic up and say something? I would Because unless you had gotten that text, I never heard a whistle in the in the arena because it's so damn loud. I don't know what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. Can you at least explain to me what you were looking at? Yeah, I agree. I don't think the NHL even made a statement as far as what happened. I mean, we know what happened. We know what they're talking about. But you would think that they'd come out and say, like, well, here's our reasoning for this, a la the Shen goal from Game 5. Mm-hmm. Just seemed a little weird. It seemed like that for sure happened. Don't you have to now say why you're letting it be a goal? Does that make sense? Don't you have to give me a reason? You would think so. Because I'm clearly looking reality in the face. You blew the whistle, the puck went in. Tell me why that's a goal now. And they can't, so they don't say anything, so they point to center ice and they go, it's a goal. Yeah. They pretty much admit amongst each other, whoop, shouldn't have blown, shouldn't have blown the whistle. Let's well, call that's what let's, must have let's call it a goal. But you but if you have but that conversation, the, so then it's not a goal. Here's the weird thing. I'm gonna read a couple of rules because I'm I'm basically just control effing whistle and the <laughs> just being whistle, honest. Whistle, train whistle. But, uh, they say the whistle will not be blown by the official to start play. Playing time will commence from the instant the puck is faced off and will stop when the whistle is blown or a goal is scored. Um and then later they say goals can be dif- disallowed. And it's uh, under that section it says, When the referee deems the play has been stopped, even if he had not physically had the opportunity to stop play by blowing his whistle. What it does not say is in that they can be re-allowed if he chose to blow the whistle and then called it off. Um, and then there was one more that I'm trying to look for Uh that basically said the same thing in reverse was just basically uh, that you can blow the whistle. You're, you can you can say as a linesman, hey, I was going to blow the yeah, whistle yeah. and just couldn't. Um, 
and disallow a goal. So that's one that's one step before that. They're even accounting for, man, if I wanted to, I could have. Uh-huh. And I'll just say I meant to blow the whistle. Okay. And in this case, you did that. You did the blowing of the whistle. Yeah. It happened. Here's another one. However, if, if the puck striking the spectator netting goes unnoticed by the on-ice officials, players must not stop playing the game until they hear the whistle to do so. So it doesn't really like explicitly say the whistle stops the play mm. because um, they don't really have yeah. to. And I don't like... Jamie Ben, but I also don't begrudge him for not stopping the millisecond the whistle gets blown and just being a robot and skating back to his bench. I get it. Uh-huh. You're digging at it. You see the puck, whistle, bam. You not, Of course you're going to knock it in. I don't mind any of that. Here's the other one. As there is a human factor involved in blowing the whistle to stop play, this is 31.2 in the rule book. Uh, Check it. The referee may deem the play to be stopped slightly prior to the whistle actually being blown. The fact that the puck may come loose or cross the goal line prior to the sound of the whistle has no bearing if the referee has ruled that the play has been stopped prior to this happening. And that's the thing. Seems cut and dry. It's just, it just is. That's what I'm saying. They had to have looked at each other because that's how it went. I blew the whistle. I shouldn't have. You're right. And then they said, okay, so it's a goal then. No, you just said it. You uttered that sentence. You said you blew it. You did blow it. You blew the whistle. And then a goal was scored. So it's not a goal. And it's and it's a 3-2 victory. It got really close with the Blues one. So I'm, even though we've been dragging it on a little bit, I don't want to like... I don't want to hammer it home, even though that's what we've I done. May, I <laughs> may have just... I, I guess I did just find the rule that justifies oh, right. it. No! This is a stupid rule. Cut it though. out. So you tell me if I'm reading this correctly. The video review process shall be permitted to assist the referees in determining the, le- determining the legitimacy of all potential goals. This is section 38.4, subsection 8. Um, People love it. For example... <laughs> I'm sure they are. Uh e.g. to ensure they are good hockey goals. For example, but not limited to, pucks that enter the net by going through the net meshing, pucks that enter the net from underneath the net frame, pucks that hit a spectator, yada, yada, yada. This would also include the situations whereby the referee stops play or is in the process of stopping the play because he has lost sight of the puck and is subsequently determined by video review that the puck crosses or has crossed the goal line and enters the net as the culmination of a continuous play where the result was unaffected by the whistle, i.e. the timing of the whistle was irrelevant to the puck entering the net at the end of a continuous play. So I guess... Okay, so fine. (laughs) So they have the right to do it. So everything we've said for the last five minutes is null, except for the fact that they shouldn't. You blow the whistle, the play's dead. If you want to prevent it, bury the whistle until you're damn sure that the play's dead. Like they bury it for everything else. And like, yeah, exactly. And these people are like... This is so... We're, we're going to get into a lot of controversy, referee controversy, tonight. But this is so counterintuitive now with the way robots are being <laughs> are being integrated into the sport. Skynet. Um, <laughs> exactly. Sorry. Uh, no. Look uh, out. Uh, but yeah, it's just like... Like in, in, in soccer... 
now they're integrating what they call video assistant referee VAR, and it's very unpopular. Of course. People are very mad about it, but they also don't want the calls to be wrong, and it's just like, this isn't hard. To me, it should be so easy to say you have 30 minute, thirty seconds or one minute to look at a play. If it's not conclusive, it ain't conclusive. And then you just go with the call on the ice. But, like, to me, if you blow the whistle, the whistle's blown, the play is dead. Mm. You shouldn't then get to say, well, actually, I shouldn't have blown the whistle, and the play still happened. Because you can't, I mean, you can in this case. It's pretty obvious the whistle didn't stop. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not. I'm not fighting a case for the Blues really here. Except you blew the whistle, so it shouldn't <laughs> count. And again, not trying to make a mountain out of the molehill because we've still won, and all all is great, and that's wonderful. But there's been a lot of referee incompetence in this off season that we're going to get to, and it's just kind of setting the stage. Hmm. It doesn't look great. And you would hate this, again, because it's 3-2, you would hate this to be the game-tying goal. Oh, God. And again... Uh, a game-winning goal. You would hate it. This will come up again, but I found out today, thanks to Chris Johnston on the Steve Dangle podcast... Personal friend. Yes. Of their podcast, yes. not of our podcast. Good, um, good to clear up. But uh, the referees make $18,000 per series in the playoffs that's two weeks of work every other night for three hours and you're making 18 large and they're probably paying your travel i assume maybe you have to pay out of pocket but i think you can handle it with eighteen thousand dollars it's embarrassing that you then get calls wrong (laughs) nobody could pay me eighteen thousand dollars to do two to do something for two weeks half of the time and then screw it up? Like what the fuck? So That's because most of the time they're just getting hammered. Yeah. You, uh, know, you know, I mean you look them in the eye. We saw them up close last night. Half of them were drunk <laughs> on the ice. True facts, true facts. So in any case, the blues go on to win. It's not a big deal. It was just a very confusing play in the ice on the ice. We were basically the in the ice. Uh, Blues win. They were outshot 29-20, to 20, which isn't great. They won the face-off battle. Each team was one for two on the power play with ten uh, penalty minutes. We didn't really talk about the play where... Uh, who was it that ran into Bennington? Uh, Como, Bennington, Como. Yeah, Como ran into Bennington. This was after Tarasenko had sort of run into Bishop, but not really, and Bishop was kind of diving. Oh, yeah. Um, but oh, so dumb. Bennington wasn't diving. That was just a collision. And uh, Dunn went over and got on him, and then there was a big scrum, and Petrangelo got involved, and Dunn and Petrangelo got two minutes and four minutes, and somehow Como and somebody else got two minutes and four minutes for them. It was one of those situations where it was like, we want to call a bunch of shit, but we can't let this actually be a power play for either team, so we've just got to make it... Even it it up all the way down. Didn't Dunn get, like, two two two-minute penalties for roughing or something? Yeah. Uh, Weird. In any any case, it didn't end up meaning anything, really, but... um, Bennington, you said, had some nice comment about that, about how it's just a hockey play. It just happens it sometimes. It's playoff hockey. Which is such the, fr- again, yeah. such the opposite of all the Bishop and Hellebuck shit so far. And Bishop's only said the one thing, so mm. I'm not crapping on him. I honestly felt kind of bad about the Bishop chance last night because there's still a part of me that's like, he's our own boy. Yeah, but now you know he's got full of excuses. <laughs> that's true, that's so true. So fuck him. <laughs> um, 
Also, Bishop Teresenko, well, I think it was Teresenko, skated in front of the crease, and uh -huh. Bishop kind of tried to pull, like, do a pick on him as the puck was going out of the star zone. Oh, yeah. Like, he basically just stepped up on top of the crease, and then Teresenko had to, like, weave his way in front, like, whoa, shit. <laughs> and, like, almost slammed the boards. Borscht, as they say in Russia. Which is lame, but also I kind of like a little gamesmanship, so that's nice. But what I liked out of the Como hit on Bennington mm -hmm. was, A, Bennington didn't complain, and B, generally this fan base, after the game, seemed uh -huh. totally okay with it, which I think you kind of should be. And I commend the Blues fans for not making a big deal of it because if you're going to be a goalie, and I've always thought this, and you come out of the crease, I mean, yeah, let's not like knee on knee the guy or like be dirty like playing, that. But he's but he's out of the crease. You can hit him. You're a skater, absolutely. You're a skater. That was crazy though. He was, like I lost mean, the stick, flipped backwards. He chose to make that play. Yeah. And he, it was probably the right call because Como was in on a break. But yeah, you're you're a skater after a certain mm. point. You gotta. So I'm glad no one made a big deal out of yeah, it. Yeah, you got to lose your privileges at some point, and he was clearly past that line. You're the stat man tonight. You got all the heavy duty stats, so you want to walk us through this stuff? Stat man. I'm the stat man. Uh, yeah, Tarasenko now leads active players in playoff goals per game with .51 per game so that's 26 goals in 51 games for him uh that's above ovechkin at 0.508 kucherov at 0.446 crosby at 0.402 and kane at 0.394 now some of those guys have more playoff games played obviously but the ratio of the goals they score is under tarasenko so i don't know that's pretty impressive he didn't do a lot i don't think he scored very much maybe one goal maybe even an empty netter goal against dallas uh, in our series against them in 2015 so, I don't know. It was just nice to see him get two here. Because I was like, oh, maybe Dallas is in his head. But that's not the case. Anyways. Uh, Schwartz and Sunquist looked fantastic last night. They had a combined, as a line, 68.8% Corsi 4. Sunquist was second in ice time for forwards with 19 minutes and 16 seconds, only behind O'Reilly's 21.04. I thought that was really impressive. Sunquist was out there killing it when it was 6 on 5. Mm. Uh, they seemed to trust him in every situation. We can't say it enough that it's he's a found treasure. It's unbelievable that this man is a consistent player on this team at all when we thought he was going to be just a nothing. Mm. Yeah. To now be playing second most ice time for a forward, that's insanity to me. Uh, that whole line looked really good last night. Schwartz and Sunquist were super noticeable. Schwartz, I believe, led the entire team in Corsi 4. Those four goals got into him. That's he's got the confidence back. I don't know if he's going to score again. I'm sure he probably will, but like it's, it looks like it's night and day from the way he was before. I mean, he was always pushing and trying, even when he was, you know, having uh, a downtime with the scoring. But it just, I don't know. He just looks that much more confident. Oh, he looks so much better. And even even Shen's looked better because we dogged on him in the in the Jets series for a while there. I think they've. Putting those two together was a really smart Barube move, and I got to give him credit to that because he's like, let's go back to the well with what worked, and it's working. And Sunquist compliments him. I mean, Sunquist is just that he's your. It's your, weird that he compliments yeah, them. He's your weird Zach Hyman, whatever, that random hard worker guy with your skilled people that's just going to do the mucking. We talked a little bit about it in the, in the car today, but what kind of weird friggin' Frankenstein contract is that, gonna do, that mm. guy going to have? Because there's the one hand where maybe you just want to say, 
listen, Oscar, even you don't know if this is for real, so <laughs> yeah. let's pump the brakes. But maybe you also, like you kind of said, maybe you want to get the Nassim Cabri and say, shit, this dude might be a second-line center that we got to lock up on the cheap forever. <laughs> I bet we were talking, you could get him for like, if you get him for 3.5 for any amount of years, 3.5 or less for even like, Two or three years, I'd say that's fine. And then the, hard not, the longer I mean, years. It's hard to say you can't because he got, what, 15 goals to yeah. finish with? Yeah, I don't think he had 20, Which but yeah. Is, I mean, I know you can look back and say this is unlike anything that you've done before or were necessarily projected to do, but like. So? <laughs> like is, that's what his agent's gonna so. say, you know. So it'd be a great agent. <laughs> so? Yeah, well, that was a good point. But so, I know you are. But what am I? <laughs> we got him, Oscar. You're locked we in. Each other at the table. <laughs> um, we talked a little about it earlier. I'm rubber. You're glue. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Doug. That means you gotta sign him for a nine-year contract. Impossible, Gary says. But you're gonna do it. Steam Barbershop Fabry, not great, but we talked a little bit earlier. I think they'll be fine. Just fourth line, fourth line looking like the fourth line. Petrangelo, Dunn, Gunnarsson. I thought Gunnarsson looked really good to begin the game, too. Kind of looked boom, boom, Gunnarsson trying to go for the goal there. Uh, sort of disappeared later on in the offensive zone. But anytime you see Gunnarsson trying to score goals or make assists, you're like, oh, this is going to be an interesting <laughs> this game. <is> novel. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a very silly game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dunn, I think, again, played really well, but we had some guys like... Break- not a short-looking No, he's not. When level. he was standing right next to Edmondson, I'm like, yeah, that's some inches on you, but like not like a whole head where, I'm, I don't know, maybe it's just on TV, I'm like, you look so much shorter. Mm. Everyone looks smaller on TV from far away. True. Um, but Pareko, Bowmeister, Edmondson, not the greatest games. I feel like I'm slowly becoming someone that just... Rips on Edmondson, maybe not rips, but comments on Edmondson enough. There was at least two or three different times he could have cleared it, and it was just a weak backhand, like to the center of the ice, to some stars. Play like it was just Klingberg's, uh, you know, sitting at the blue line. I am. It was like, oh, why, why, why? I know we've talked about this. Was it him? No, it was Barbashev who made the really dumb. Yeah, pass, yeah. But, uh, I am all. I know we've talked about this, but I am all about let's not give him some big ass contract. No, no, no. I just like I don't. I don't hate him. I don't want to bury the. No, guy. he's not terrible. I just think he's not your long term top pairing, or even really ideally a second pairing defenseman. Yeah, and if somebody's gonna pay you like he is, mm. take it and run. You've got a billion left handed defensemen. A literal billion that you can develop. Perunovic is going to be ready relatively soon. Wallman, if he's ever getting a shot, needs to get it now. Um, you kept Bomeister, which is fine. Mm-hmm. You've got Dunn, who I think can be your first line guy, unless you want to go get a Gardner. Or I don't think you. I don't necessarily want us to pursue Carlson. That's a subject for another time. But like. I just don't think, like, if you can get, and let's be honest, Edmonton, to, like, be like, holy shit, yeah, we need to give him. Well, what do you want? You On know? name similarity Juju alone. Kira in a second? Sure, whatever, you know. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. do it. Because 
just yeah, Edmondson and Edmondson. I was like, name similarity, but yeah, it's it's it, not. And again, I don't hate him. I'm not trying to bury the guy. It's just I don't, I think he's one of those guys that you could be like, not like a little bit like Barrett Jackman, not exactly like Barrett Jackman, where it's just like, ugh, we're paying this guy more than he needs to mm-hmm. be being paid. And it wouldn't be one of those, like, disastrous contracts, but it also wouldn't be one that was real easy to get rid of. Well, for a long time, people are going to say, like, he'll make a million less than Pareko, but they're going to pair them together. And I think it was just because right-handed, left-handed, they came up together, they're same age-ish, same height-ish. So it's all like, oh, they're just, like, the same person. We'll pair them together. He doesn't score as much. He'll make a million less. You know, there you go. We got him. Yeah. But he's not playing with Pareko, and like you said, he's more of your third pairing guy. If we're if we're slotting him in where he really should be, like where we all feel comfortable with him being at, mm. so he so he can't be paying that guy four and a half. Yeah, exactly. I'm, like you can't, and I know it's not going to sink the team, but just think about it. I think I'm with you. I think if there's someone that gets moved out of this this decor come next year, aside from maybe Gunnarsson, obviously, or whatever, that's probably Edmondson. Because you need at least a look. You need to have a space for a look at somebody. And there's always, like, you can find third-pairing D again, you know? If he's going to ask for a lot. Well, he's RFA, but you know what I mean. You get Wallman. Maybe you even pay Delzato to stick around for a year cheap. Damn, I forgot he was even here. But, like, you get Wallman, or you get, you, you trade him for a good asset. You call Walman up, and if he can't cut it, then you can trade for a third D. Yeah, easy peasy. At the deadline, no problem. Um, we can. I mean, we'll obviously talk a ton more about. It. If you think we're crazy now, wait till the off season oh, episodes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you want to finish up yeah. where you left off before so I derailed us. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> uh, yeah, like you said, I don't think the Blues ever looked like in a huge amount of danger last night. The numbers, the, sure the, stat, the stats sheet suggests they do, and I'm maybe just looking at the stats have made me come around on this being. It was a win. I'm glad they won. I think we can still be better, and I kind of understand where the players are coming from at it from this perspective now. Because Dallas beat the Blues in Corsi four percentage overall, fifty four point seven percent to the Blues forty five point three. Blues Corsi four by period was forty eight point seven in the first, which was actually better than I thought. Uh, even fifty in the second. And then a 33.3 in the third, which, I mean, yes, Dallas is going to be pushing, but that still feels like a real big dip. Mm. You know, I'm expecting 40, yeah, basically. And it's 33.3, not great. And the shot chart, I tell you what, folks, go to Natural Stat Trick, sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> Do not tell them we said that. They're very shy about it. Um Almost like they don't know Yeah, They're always so funny. They're like, who's the two guys no cup podcast? Shot chart, though, Dallas gets a boatload of their opportunities from right in front of Bennington, which looks an awful lot like what happened in the Winnipeg series. Or they post up right at the blue line, dead center, uh, yeah, right out at the middle midpoint, I guess you'd call it. I did notice that a lot um, yesterday. Klingberg or what's his name? Essa? Lindell. Lindell. More like... Oh, yeah. Boy, does he smell. Boy, does he. Thank you. I said that last <laughs> night, and I forgot. <laughs> um, 
they both like to take the puck and then skate it like backwards into the middle of the zone and then fire it and I think it gives them a nice little umbrella option so I think if the Blues A can defend in front of Bennington a lot better and B if you can pressure that guy that's out of the point because it's normally one guy as one of their defensemen tries to creep in on the side mm. if you can get them to dish it quicker or get them away from that area you're going to find that they have less options and they're going to feel like they can't set and up. Then, yeah. Yeah, so I didn't think it looked quite so bad as some of the Jets games we had in terms of defending in front of Bennington because some of those were like, it was just a dude alone. But it did seem like we weren't tying guys up as well in front of Bennington still. He had a few really banger saves at the beginning, like just off the toe, off the shoulder, where I was like, oh, that guy was alone. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and then Spezza again, then his goal was alone on that side. So we'll see what happens. It's encouraging that the Blues won this game on not their best effort. Again, I don't think they stunk at all, but, you know, on an effort that they can improve upon. And they did keep uh, Ben and Sagan and Radulov. I know Ben scored the one goal, but pretty quiet. So it's encouraging. And again, Bishop allowing goals that we are able to score on him. So that looks good, too. Also, and this is weird that I'm about to say this, but Jordan Bennington's a better goaltender than Pekka Rene right now. Mm-hmm. There's just no question about it. Pekka Rene has been pretty inconsistent since the end. Of, I mean, he won the Vesna last yeah. year, but since the playoffs, he's been kind of... When do we draft Bennington? 12 or 11? 20... 12, I okay. think. Okay, just imagine in 2012 when you're like, well, Jordan Bennington... We'll have a year where he was better than Pecorino that year. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Even last, say that last year to me when Pecorino had a really bad series too. Be like, I don't know about that. That's insanity to me. Yeah, uh, but in, uh, yeah, but my point is only like, I look at. So why don't we go ahead and talk about uh, just the series because we we talked about hypothetically. Um, how how this series might look when mm-hmm. we knew which of the two teams it was, but where do you currently think it, it was 2011, by the way. Oh, okay. Right. My bad. Uh, where do you hypothetically think... How, what do you th- where, how do you think this series finishes? <laughs> what is your final... Hypothetically for real? S- stars and six, blues and seven. Stars sort of and stripes. Yeah, it's. I think it's blues and seven. I think... I could believe either team in seven, honestly, but mm-hmm. I'll I'll go for Blues in seven because I still think we have the better, well-rounded team. I still think they're like that home run team where like they have a top line of Sagan, Ben, Radulov, and then before this game, a really hot Bishop where it's like, does their red hotness beat our Phrasing. overallness. <laughs> Something about hot bishop. Just oh, they got a hot bishop. They got a hot bishop. You know those female <laughs> bishops. Um, I, but I think overall, if we can if we can stop that line, we're okay. I've heard nonstop on like NBC and NHL that or like uh, network and stuff. They're like, you know, Dallas has some depth that people weren't thinking. You know, weren't thinking that much about. And I'm like, I'm. Yeah, but I'm to be honest, I'm still not thinking about it. Like, maybe it shows up. But I looked at their stat sheet. They, you know, Como scores two goals. Dickinson scores a goal. Mm. Whoop, do you fucking do? When I can, when I see that their top line is like seven point six point six points. Yeah. Yeah, I get your middle guys chipped in a little, but it's your top line that's doing this, and I'm not trying to take away from it because that top line. 
That's why I'm saying it could be Dallas in seven, too. If their top line wants to show up, I don't think the Blues go, no, no, no. We'll try and shut that down just so easy. Because you know what? It's not like the Predators don't fucking know who Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan were. It's not like, like oh, damn, we forgot all about it. They tried, too, and it didn't yeah. work. The, the reason I brought out the Bennington thing, I think, is just that I didn't watch enough of that series. So, like, on the... on Agreed. There's Agreed. a very real part of me. I'm just going to say it flat out. And I don't believe this is part of me either. <laughs> Especially because yesterday before this game, I said Dallas and seven. Yeah. But there's a very real part of me now that's just like, I'm not afraid of this team. I'm, I'm just I can't not. say I'm not. Or and I like, can't say I am, and, yeah. And there's, it's, it's part of that thing of, like, if it wasn't the Blues... If it was just neutral team that I hadn't seen do the fucking, like, up to nothing. Oh, we're just going to let it be 2-2 for no damn reason. Uh, if I hadn't seen them do that for a decade. Yeah. If it was just neutral team, I'd be like, this team's going to beat the Stars in five. Or, you mm. know, or something. Or, like, an easy six. Um, I will say this. I think if we win tomorrow, I don't think, I don't think the Stars make it 2-2. I don't think Probably that. Probably not. No. I really don't. I think the Blues having that happen to them against the Jets. Because remember I how don't, good we were on the road against yeah, the Jets. And I just don't think the Stars have that like overall team like team oomph of like oh we're gonna get those two back. Yeah. Like part of me is like are you? Yeah. My and and kind of my point was <laughs> Stars and five now. It's yeah. Stars and five for me. <laughs> I've gone too positive. We gotta crash right back down. My point was kind of like I didn't watch enough of the. Stars Predators series mm. to be sure, but my guess my guess is that a lot of that series was Pecorine not being sharp, and I know he got chased in at least one game, mm. and I know in the elimination game didn't look so great, <laughs> and that's two games, and that's the difference in the series. Mm. So I guess you could say it regardless, and you could say it's the same thing as what with the Jets. Playing meaningless games, they weren't all of a sudden Nashville's like shit. Yeah, we're not up for it. And I think entering this series, I felt like they needed like the stars needed both the top line and Bishop to look red hot to beat us mm -hmm. because they don't have a lot else. I think Heiskanen's going to be an incredible player. Hmm. He's still a rookie in the playoffs. It's still hard. Yeah, I'm more scared um, of their D than I am like their forward depth. Yeah, by Kling far. I mean Klingberg and Heiskanen are both real good, but. Mm -hmm. My point, my, I, I forget what all I'm trying to say. <laughs> I think what I'm trying to say is I don't think Nashville is a team that's built especially well to win in the playoffs. Defense does win championships, but they don't have anybody that can just score when the chips are down. Mm -hmm. And I still think, you know, no team recently that's won a cup hasn't had like an elite elite forward, and the Predators don't have anything resembling an elite forward. Philip Forsberg has not been at his best for a couple of years now, and even his best wasn't game-breaking elite. I mean, he's mm. a very good player. I'm not knocking Philip Forsberg or Brian Johansson. I just think we're better matchup for the Stars than they were, and I'm not as scared about it now. I, th I do think we'll bungle it, so I think yeah. it'll... T <laughs> That's the Blues way. And, again, I'm... Would I ever be surprised if they just dropped their pants and lost in five or six? <laughs> of course I wouldn't. I've been here before. We've all have. We all have. Can I tell you though, like getting out of the first round, and this is maybe like such a blues beaten down mentality. To me, uh, like Huge for forever, victory. when you get out of the first round, I'm like, 
you you made the playoffs and then you made it matter yeah. because you get out in the first round especially like really any team but especially like the blues or something like that it's like did it even matter did yeah. it even count even if you made it to game seven and got bounced in the first round i was like that didn't count you weren't in the playoffs yeah but when you make it to the second round, well, I was like, like yay, the talked, real playoffs. We talked for a very brief period when we were like at our, our lowest this mm-hmm. year about like when Tom Stillman may be asking for some heads to roll because like not making the playoff was hard on him last mm-hmm. year. Oh, yeah, he's going to be thrilled about this. And we've now forced, we're guaranteed six playoff games. And that is like a, a game changer for your budget. It's ridiculous how much of a difference that makes. So, like, for the health of the team, splendid. I mean, the second making the second round, mm. it's not the ultimate goal, but it really is, like, a huge, huge, mm. huge victory. Um, so sad. But I know, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. But, like, my point, my point is this, and we can move on to other league stuff after this, but like, I had a weird moment driving home from this game last night, the, listening the, to Happy Music. The peyote kicked in. Listening <laughs> listening to Taylor Swift's new banger. I don't care what you say. I love it. Um, I love you, Taylor. But she just needs to settle down with a nice man, you know? And that man could be me. <laughs> like, I can tame the beast. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but my point is... <laughs> my point is... And this is the most positive you'll ever hear me be about this team. I don't see the team yet that I really believe is going to beat this team four times faster than we beat it four times. I still think it will happen. (laughs) There's no part of me that genuinely, deeply believes we're winning the cup this year. Mm. But I'm looking at the field. The first round worked out so... I mean, it worked out beautifully for everyone. Mm-hmm. But it worked out as beautifully for... There's a reason Vegas is calling us a favorite. We should handle the stars. We really should. Like, Honest to God. Kidding aside, we just should beat them. Yeah. And we've been the Blues in the playoffs too many times to just rely on that. But you just should beat the stars. <laughs> They're just not as good a team as you. And... Oh no, this is this is us walking up to the fucking <laughs> volcano. <laughs> We're gonna just one our our last episode of this series is just gonna start with this fifteen minute loop. Yeah, I can already hear it. <laughs> but um <laughs> <laughs> in theory, yeah, I want to yeah. be positive because no, we were negative yes. a lot last time. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. In feel, theory, yeah. you should you just should beat the sharks. Beat the stars. Oh, then next jumping. round, you either got the sharks or the Avs. The Sharks are lucky as hell to be where they all... And, for that matter, so are the ads. I mean, they they destroyed the Flames. I can't... But s- nobody thought they were getting to the second round. I would so. have... I'd have a little PTSD With playing the sharks. the sharks. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. For sure. Especially after a Stars series. Mm. But my, my only point is, like, man, I, I, I don't... Like... This year, is the best it's looked in a years while. Years past, I'm like... There are better teams than the Blues. Yeah. There aren't better teams than the Blues left in this playoffs. There are teams that can beat the Blues. There is probably a team that will beat the Blues. <laughs> but there's not a better team. It, there just isn't. And I'm not saying we're the best team in hockey because we're not. Toronto's better than us. Tampa's better than us. Washington's better than us. Calgary is deba- debatably better than us. Vegas is debatably better than us. They're all gone. Mm. They all got knocked out. 
So there's not a team left. The Sharks are real good. They got a real good forward core. They've got a real scary defense. But Eric Carlson ain't what he once was. Brent Burns was never a great defender to begin with. Mark Edward Vlasic's getting old. And Martin Jones is a sieve. And now Joe Pavelski might be dead. Very underrated, by the way. Super underrated Joe Pavelski. We'll talk about him more later. I'm just saying... Yeah. Sky's the limit. They won't reach the limit, but the sky is the limit. Before we move on, unless you had something else you wanted to say. No, that's thumbs it up. Uh, Who did, who or what, whom or what, did we trade to acquire the 2011 third round pick with which we drafted Jordan? Oh, it's, it's one of three people. Okay, tell me. It's either Brad Winchester or Brad Boy's. Or who else did we trade in 2011? Brad Winchester, Brad Boyd. There's also a B involved. It's, so it's neither of those two? It's neither of them? No, it's neither of those two. Oh, no. I just read this. There's also a B involved. Brad Winchester. <laughs> Brad Boyd. It's not a Brad. Don't give me that. Brad. It does have a VR, though, come to think of it. Oh, no. In the first name? <laughs> in the last name. <laughs> oh no! I just go ahead. I'm going to take too long. There's a picture of him in this room. I'm not going to look over your right shoulder. <laughs> I'm still not going. Oh, Eric Brewer. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry you. about for all of our listeners. Just for for the record, I have the team captain canvas. I don't just have a picture. No, he has an Eric Brewer poster. Don't be fooled. And honestly, when I look when I look at the team captain canvas, I was still like known. I seriously was like, we did not trade a team captain, Steve. God, that's so embarrassing. But we did. Oh <laughs> yeah, because the dark ages here were real dark. Brad Boys or Brad Winchester, I don't know which one got which, but their two picks got us Mackenzie McEachern and um Joel Edmondson. That would have been 13, I think, that we got those picks, maybe. But yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, isn't that nuts? Like, those three it were... It is weird. So I'm so nuts. And this is not a pump-my-own-tires moment, but I've looked back. I've been doing a series very piecemeal, very slowly, looking at each of Doug Armstrong's drafts, and I'm up to, like, 2016 now that I'm working on. And it is very weird to be like, we traded this pick here and this pick here, and then like it's <laughs> like that gift from uh, Always Sunny with the string the and everything. All the string, yeah. Um... Yeah, so Eric Brewer for Jordan Bennington. I'll take it. Eric Brewer, <laughs> the best thing Eric the Brewer weird, ever did. The weird thing is, that's just what the trade was. Yeah. I mean, there's no, it's not like and. a trade tree. We just, it's the same as like Jordan Cairo for Brian Elliott, what that might sound like in five years. It's just, that was the trade. That's crazy. Let's go ahead and talk about, I really, I mean, I know it's a little if, bit. If we win the cup, let's bring Eric Brewer back. <laughs> I thought you meant on the show. <laughs> let, oh, yeah, that's, I mean, I'm sure he's not fucking doing anything. <laughs> Eric Brewer, what are you doing now? Middle management? Middle management. We promise Excellent. we won't yell at your wife in the stands. <laughs> How's it, how is it being an assistant store manager at an office deep? <laughs> assistant <laughs> to the manager. <laughs> <laughs> I almost choked to death. Um... Yeah, so we can go ahead and talk about, I know it's a little bit of old news now, but I've been sitting on it for a while. Steven's about to explode. I got explode. thoughts. Uh, the, this, this fiasco. I'm just, I'm not going to pull punches. Say fiasco. it. 
There was the Vegas Golden Knights loss to the San Jose Sharks. I know many people have mixed opinions on this. If you think it's the Vegas Golden Knights' fault, I disagree with you strongly, and I'll explain why. Respectfully, of course. You're welcome here. We love you. You're, you're our friends and family, and only our friends and family, because mm-hmm. no one would choose to listen we to We do us like otherwise. to silence the dissenters, <laughs> though. <laughs> So for those of you that don't know, in the third period of the seventh game of the first round series between the Vegas Golden Knights and the San Jose Sharks, with a three to nothing lead and about ten and a half minutes left in, are you just groaning? No, yeah, that's, okay. sorry. I'm also trying to look up the AV score. Continue. Oh, oh no, please do. Uh, Cody Eakin won a faceoffer. I, I don't know who won the faceoff. Pavelski or Eakin won the faceoff. Eakin, I think it was. Uh, and or no, Pavelski won it, and then yeah, Eakin shoved him. Sorry, and yeah. so Eakin. After the face-off, cross-checked Joe Pavelski to the sternum relatively gently. This, <laughs> play, this play happens 15 times a game. Yeah. That's probably a stretch, but it happens 8 to 12 times a game easily. Joe Pavelski, for whatever reason, it was not the force of the cross-check. It just wasn't. I'm sorry, it just wasn't kind of lost his balance. Maybe, I'm not saying he was diving, maybe he was. Maybe he just got caught at the wrong angle and really didn't expect it. Whatever the case, he teetered, and when he teetered, he ended up in the lane of Paul Stastny, who, not doing anything illegal, just sort of played through him, because that's where his momentum was. He didn't have a lot of choice, and he didn't know that he was going to upend him and semi-kill the man. And Pavelski kind of flipped over and landed really hard on his head, and there was a lot of blood. And he was carried off the ice, and he hasn't returned yet. I mean, he's. I mean, somebody knows his whereabouts and his <laughs> health status. What but. hospital? Where is he? <laughs> but it was. It looked awful. The landing looked awful. It's the captain of the team. He is their captain, right? I've I think so. Yeah, lot, but I think he is. He's, <laughs> either way, he's a very good, very well respected player, and. He got hurt, and it's awful, all of that. We'll hear different people say that. This was not a major... So they called a major penalty. Five-minute major, Five-minute yeah. major, which is all of you know, doesn't erase when there's a goal scored. And on the ensuing major penalty, the Sharks scored four goals, took the lead. Vegas actually tied it in the final mm-hmm. minute, but then the Sharks won in overtime. This... Was not a major penalty Mm-mm. in any world, in any of a thousand parallel universes. There's not an argument. There's not a question. Down goes Brown on Puck Soup. Talked about how, well, you even if you instituted review on stuff, this wasn't one where the decision would be unanimous. Yes, it is. There's no no one. There were one or two people who argued that this should have been called the way it was. As we'll discuss briefly, they were not correct, with mm-hmm. deepest respect to them. But Jonathan Marsha Show had a lot to say about this. And in fact, you know what? I'm just going to let him speak for himself, because we have the technology. So here's Jonathan Marsha Show with his delightful French-Canadian accent, explaining a very undelightful call. And it's a lengthy quote that you deserve it. You're the people, and you deserve it. So here it goes. I mean, I really hope that Joe Pavelski is okay. Obviously, you never want to see something bad like that happen, but it's a f- joke. Call five minutes for that, that's 
why don't you have a hockey replay or something? Change the whole hot common game. Like, seriously, what is that? It's, it's so disappointing. It's like trying to get involved in the game. The game's not even close. It's 3 nothing. Call the 2, okay, but a 5 with something you don't even see? You just call the outcome. It's a f-ing joke. It's embarrassing. What what did they tell you on the ice as a team? Oh, he, he says it looks pretty bad. Ferlat told me it looks pretty bad. Wait, if it looks pretty bad, you clearly do not see it. It's a face-off. It's a push. When it, probably 50% of the face-off players, when they lose, they give a small cross-check, right? If you want to call the cross-check, call it. It's fine. Like it's a cross-check. But seriously, like he, he falls bad. It's unfortunate. He's like. I'm a big fan of Joel Kowalski, I'll get him wrong. He's an awesome player. And he went down, and I really hope he's okay and he's going to come back. But that call like, changes the whole outcome, changes the whole future of us, the outcome of this year. And it's, it's a joke. I mean, I would be embarrassed if I was done. It's the second time in the series that they've seemingly they, guessed they, they, at they, a call. Yeah, they guess. So exactly, why don't you have a video replay? Like, just help them. It's a fast game for everybody out there. It's a fast game. It's embarrassing. Do you feel like it was stolen from you, John? If it was stolen? Yeah. yeah. It was 3 nothing. What, 10, 12 minutes left? They scored four goals on the power play. Like, it's, I mean, they, had, they came clutch. I mean, they feed off a bad call, and they came back in 4-3. Get, get the big goal in overtime. I give them credit at some point. They're a great hockey team. It's, it's embarrassing. You think there's any way you lose that game if that's not a five-minute call? No. They get a power play goal, fine. 3-1. Big deal. Two-goal game, ten minutes left. How, how tough is it going to be knowing that that's the story yeah. throughout the entire But it's the same thing with the, what's the what's that football game, the Saints. Saints. Changes the whole outcome. Like, obviously, human error exists, but it's a fast game for everyone. I think everybody needed extra help, and Thing. They just got involved in the game, called a bad call, and look where we are. Summer starts five months now until game one of the regular season starts. It's awful. How much worse does that make it? I mean, you don't, you can't get back on the ice and, no, and forget about it. You think we were ready to get our summer going here? We're a great team. We have. It's, it's unbelievable. So. Clearly, Jonathan not mincing words in the least, and I don't Mm -hmm. think he should be. I think... (sighs) This is the trap all hockey players fall into. We we beg for personality, we we beg for emotion, Mm. and then the second anyone shows it, they're an asshole... They're a rebel. Mm. They're a they're troublemaker. Not a, they're not a good hockey man. I, I haven't heard a lot of that with Marsha Show because I think people un- understand the situation. Mm-hmm. But I can't disagree with him. I can't disagree with any of the anger. Like, you were literally 10 minutes away from moving on to the second round. Mm-hmm. And now you, like you said in the clip, won't play hockey until September. And you have to do, kind of like the lightning thing, do the whole season over again. Hope you get in the playoffs, and you know it's just you. It's start over. You hit the start. You hit the button all over again. Mm-hmm. And the problem I have with this the most is that how do you? And I'm jumping ahead by a lot, so you can come back. You can go back <laughs> from this. How do you as like 
the GM or the organization like figure out what your team is. They're a team that made it to Game 7. They were going to win Game 7. They didn't. They most certainly should have. It's like a, it's literally like a ghost. You have unfinished business, and so what do you do? You go, well, we got to change things. What do you, like what? Yeah. You want? It's like if the Blues beat the Jets, and then the playoffs stopped, and but the playoffs still happened without you. But you didn't lose. Right. You just didn't play anymore, and you're like, well, do we have to do more for this team? Do we have to do what? Do we do with this team? Because I don't know what the fuck this team is. Because they can, because they didn't make it past the into the second round, but it wasn't necessarily our fault. This is an analogy that's too on the head. But imagine that pro tripping call that shouldn't have been a tripping in the first place was called a major, and mm-hmm. they scored three goals on it, and they won Game Six, and then they won Game Seven. What are exactly. you like? What do you say? I mean, and and this is it, way more rip the bandaid off than that scenario was. Uh, Gerard Gallant, and then we can talk more in depth about our analysis, says it's a shorter quote, so I'll just read it. You know, last year we were in the Stanley Cup Finals. It was tough to lose. Tonight was tougher than that. It really was. The way we lost this hockey game. I mean, like I said, I'm sure you've all seen it on TV. There was no intent. I feel awful that Joe got hurt. Class player for the other team. You know everybody loves him. But there was no intent. There was no high stick that hit him in the face. When Stasny come out, he slowly got caught up, and he fell and banged his head on the ice. That's the unfortunate part of it. You know, it was an awful call. You know, we all seen it. It's too bad we end up losing because of that, because we're in the total... Hockey game, which I think he meant like we're in the entire thing. He's a shareholder for Total Hockey, (laughs) which I think is falling apart, but, you know, RIP. He's he's keeping the dream alive. Um, Somebody's still invested in Kmart, I'm sure. I think that still exists. Is that still a thing? I don't know. Let us know. (laughs) Let us know, folks. Uh, I'm sure Kmart employees listen (laughs) in, or at least their cat is. We are the number one blues podcast for cats yeah. worldwide. Worldwide. Meow meow. <laughs> um, oh, oh, Kmart shares closed the day at sixty-seven cents a share, and it's not even Kmart; it's Sears Holding Group. Rough day, oh, sorry. down two point seven eight percent. Sorry, Kmart investors. They've <laughs> <laughs> been hearing that for years. <laughs> uh, so. Can I tell you what bugs me about this mm-hmm. the, a lot? Is that people go, well... Oh, you're about to tell me yeah. the beast, but please go yeah. ahead. They go, well, Vegas had every opportunity not to get four goals scored on them. And what I hate about that is, yes... <laughs> people hear me silently <laughs> screaming? Yes, but I also believe, even though Joel Quinville says he doesn't believe in this... I believe in momentum. Oh, God. Joe Quinville's a fucking liar. He, yeah. oh, he's a liar because he definitely yeah, believes Yeah, of course that. he does. That's just something you say. They scored one of the first goal with although, him. Like, although, to be fair, his teams do have the ability to just say, no, you don't yeah, have momentum. That's true. Now. Maybe maybe, maybe that's what happened. <laughs> maybe he's on to something. He's but. been convinced otherwise. <laughs> but uh, if you, they scored the first goal in like the first minute of that 5-5, five five, oh, yeah. It was going to be a fucking avalanche. And, like, and there like was no the stopping second. it. It was like a blues, it was like immediate. Mm. It was like five seconds in that first one. And friggin' Couture looked at the bench and said, that's one, and it was over. And here's the thing. Here's the fucking thing. 
that that was the that was like my trigger word <laughs> that you just said because these fucking situations change games. Mm. They always change games. That's the why they're so damn memorable. The Don Dinkinger call that screwed the Cardinals out of a World Series happened in the top of the ninth in Game 6, which when you had the lead and it allowed a guy to get to first base. That's all it did. I don't know how many outs there were, but you, you could have hit the next guy hit into a double play. You could have... Mm-hmm. lost that game and won the series. There were a thousand ways you still could have won the series. But you know what? You didn't because a guy was out and then he wasn't out and they got 28 outs plus a runner on base and they won the game and then they had all the momentum because they won a game by magic. Mm. It's not really that different from game six. There was no world in which the Cardinals lost Game 7 because they already won Game Mm 6. That was the series. It was done. They just had some formalities to wrap (laughs) up. And even they went down at the beginning of Game 7, which nobody remembers, but the Rangers scored the first run and they still won it comfortably because they were never going to lose it because it was Game 7 after Game 6. When the, when the Saints this summer, or this winter, that pass interference play, mm-hmm. they could have just stopped. They could have just kept going on the next play and scored. They could have mm-hmm. just stopped the Rams from scoring. But it upsets the entire game. Mm-hmm. And, of course, your head is elsewhere because these are human beings. And I realize they're paid a lot of money to play the sport. I get that. But the referees are paid a lot of money <laughs> to referee the sport. Not the same amount of money, <laughs> but as we found out today, a lot of money. And you just get the call right. As I, I, I almost described it this way to someone on Twitter, and I just thought, I don't want to start this fight now because I'm too right and I'll get too angry about how wrong this person is. Say it. And, but now I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to share it with you, dear listeners. I said, I was going to say, if I get stabbed and the, and the stabbing isn't fatal, but I don't take good enough care of the wound, and the infection kills me. Is it not still the stabber's fault primarily? Is a court going to say, mm, mm, really not on the stabber, because how could he have known this dipshit wouldn't clean the wound? <laughs> no, a fucking course they aren't. Maybe, maybe they get, like, second-degree murder instead of first <laughs> or something. But... They're still going to prison because they stabbed a guy. And the referees stabbed the Vegas Golden Knights in this series with a totally bullshit call. A five-minute major is the severest penalty any referee in any sport can can assess ever. Ever. It is incomparable to any other penalty in any other sport. It is for five minutes, which is fully one-twelfth of the game. Your opponent just has the upper hand, and they can do to you what they will. And you sort of have a defense against it, but you sort of don't, because they just get to do whatever they want. And granted, the one time a year the Blues get a major penalty called against the opposition, they never do anything with it, but good teams usually mm-hmm. do. Oh yeah, full marks to the Sharks for scoring those goals. Amazing. Good in for them. History, what what the just the winning percentage of a team that is awarded a major 
penalty. Mm-hmm. Not a fighting major, obviously, because yeah, yeah. that's offset, but just like it gets a five-minute major penalty. It's got to be like 70%, 80%. You get I'd five minutes yeah. to score as many goals on the power play as you can. You should you should be guaranteed to score two. It's totally different. And it's, it's just like, yes, yes, the Vegas Golden Knights could have just stopped them. Yes, they could have. But if you cannot look past that for a second and just say the call was wrong and they never should have been asked to put asked to stop them. Mm-hmm. As as Marsha so said in the clip, it's a two if it's a two minute minor, even if they score goals, so what? It's three one with ten minutes to play. Mm-hmm. You can stop that. But it's just it it totally disorient not only not only are you thinking about shit, we've gotta stop a major, your brain's also on shit we have to friggin' Or shit, we just got screwed, basically. Mm. And then the Sharks are in full. They tried to kill Joe Pavelski. Let's go kill them. And it's not... They didn't try to kill Joe Pavelski. And by calling the Major, you gave them a false sense, an inflated sense, Mm. of they tried to kill Joe Pavelski. And one more thought while I've said Joe Pavelski a lot of times. Underrated. This call isn't happening if it's Kevin LeBanc. It's just not. This is a hockey bullshit thing. Because it was Joe Pavelski and a lot of people respect him and he was bleeding on the ice, they had to call a serious penalty. That's just... Absolutely dead certain true. I don't know. I mean, I didn't talk to an official, and if I did, they wouldn't admit that. But we all know it's true. We all know it's true. We all know Sidney Crosby gets calls that nobody else gets. Nobody else gets. It's the same thing as like Greg Maddox by the end of the, his pitching career had a strike zone two miles two miles wide and a thousand feet tall because. <laughs> The, the umpires just knew it was Greg Maddox, and it's like, well, if he threw it, it's probably a strike. It's just, it's unbelievable to me that anyone is even kind of like, well, really, the Knights. It's really the Knights' fault. Because mm-hmm. it's just, it's not. I can't. You, you blew a call. You blew I can't believe they call. gave a five-minute major and at that point in the game. Like, I know they're not looking at the clock, but you know when it is. You know when it is. You cannot, unless you are a billion percent certain, mm. you cannot call a major in a playoffs at all. I was like, well, you know how, you how let, pissed people get when you call, like, it's, oh, let's say it's OT, and you call just a two-minute, you know, penalty, or you call a two-minute penalty at the end of a game that's tied, or it's 3-2, you know, Blues 3-2, something like that. People are fucking pissed. People are losing their goddamn minds. And then you call this. This is a thousand in, times worse. In the playoffs, teams are committing 100% more minor penalties, and referees are calling yeah. 95% I saw, fewer. other than his head hitting the ice, which I get is what they saw, the actual pushing and cross-checking of this is a thousand percent less worse than things I've seen in games that haven't been called at all. Plays, there were ten plays yesterday in the game we watched that weren't called. Shen got a cross-check to the back of the neck like two games ago. Yeah, and it, and wasn't it was called. like that could have been like and a neck injury. Like, yeah, and it's just you blew it. You you blew it. You you just blew it. Yeah. And as they said in the clip, their explanation is it looked bad. <laughs> fucking fuck you the That's nhl garbage. and i i know i know we don't want penalty reviews we don't i don't nobody wants 10 minutes of every game devoted to reviews 
It should not be hard for Toronto to be able to say, hey, guys, that wasn't a major penalty. You can't call that a major penalty. It wasn't. That should not be hard. That should be very common sense. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why they can't reach that level. And, and like you said, Vegas is just done playing hockey. Mm-hmm. And now the Sharks, what's the, the score, sh- by the way? The Sharks should not be beating the Avs 4-2 and about to win this game in a minute. They shouldn't be. It, the just... Avs shouldn't be playing the Sharks. No. They should be playing the Knights. And the Knights could beat the shark could beat the Avs too. It could be the same outcome, but Avs losing, but I mean like It just shouldn't I'm so again I mean, I know this isn't the Sharks' fault. Like I know they just scored, they did what happened. And I would if there was the blue scenario, I'd go, yeah, get those goals. And that I'd like either. to think we'd be self reflective. No, I would think about it, but it's like obviously the sharks are gonna step down and, and thing, out well, of the yeah, way. But, but I'm just saying, like what I was gonna say, sorry, is that this just makes, despite what I said, this just makes me hate the fucking Sharks even more. Oh, God. And, like, they're as strong a contender as anyone, despite we, what I just well, said. Well, we talked about it. Those four goals to rally at the end to win a game, is that not a cup, something that just throws you to the cup? It could. Catapults it you there? It definitely could, especially with the competition this year. Yeah. And if they win a cup, it's just tarnished. To me, It'll yeah. It'll be their first cup ever. And it's... To me, it's worthless, and and and. That's a very foot in the crease sort of thing. But yeah, it really. I mean, it's the exact. It's just like you won this thing in a way that should not have happened. Mm-hmm. It's like a. It's like when you win, like a speed runner in a video game, mm-hmm. where it's like I found this glitch that lets me jump ahead ten levels. It's like. That's a cool trick, but you didn't beat the game. Mm. So what do I care? Like, I've never been interested in speed runs because it's like, okay, yeah, in 1987 when they wrote Mary, Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario. <laughs> they didn't code perfectly and there were glitches in the game. Congrats to you. You figured it out. <laughs> but it's just like... What was the... Is it Luis Suarez, the guy that bites people? Yep. Was Liverpool it? proud, baby. You'll never walk alone. <laughs> Didn't he handball, like, a Ghana shot, like, in 2010? Oh, but just very blatantly. Oh, no, like, he smacked it straight Uh down with his hand. A a ball, that would have been a goal. Uh And then they did a penalty shot, and the guy, it got blocked. Uh Uh-huh, I think so. And then, whatever, what country does he play for? Uh, Argentina. Is it Uruguay? Uruguay, Uruguay. Uruguay, you're right. One of them blue and white South American. Then they won an OT Uh or something. No. No, <laughs> I get it. the The ball didn't enter the net, but it was going to. Yeah. And they're like, "Well, we don't know." So now I take a penalty shot, and I was like, "No!" Did they they should have red carded him. Did they? Yeah, they, okay. they tossed him, but it was okay. still like, "Can we have the goal?" I'm like, well, it didn't go in, and be like, "So the bullshit he just did counted." <laughs> I'm like, well, no, we penalized him. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so that's anyways. No, yeah, you're it's right, just like. Right. How? It's the same as like How? I mean at least on at least in the NHL if you're on a breakaway on an empty net and somebody trips you it's a goal. That's what I'm saying. At least they have the same damn decency. They go to do that. we know that'll go in. Honestly, here's the thing. Anyways, I'm going to say this. This will be my hot take and we can move on and let either of us get to sleep before this movie thing. But this movie. Thing. <laughs> you but know. Honest to God, replay the damn game. Replay the last 10 minutes. I know Every, I know there are a lot of people thinking, listening, who think, you can't do that. But to me, justice matters more than sporting... It. Well, and it's like, is it sporting integrity? I know, when you fucked like, it up. You fucked it up. Well, did we mention the NHL came out and they said... They 
openly apologize yeah. for this. They are not allowing these two guys to referee any more games. And at least one of them has refereed every conference has refereed up until up until every conference final for like a decade or more. Hmm. And I'm not listen, I'm not trying to dagger that guy. You can make a mistake. Yeah, that's fine. And that's what Jonathan Marshall said. He wasn't disrespectful to the refs. He said, it's a fast game. Get these guys some help. And it's just criminal. It's criminal. It's it's literally criminal. They literally stole a series that was in the Vegas Golden Knights' hands. The Sharks were dead. They were dead in the first five-sixths of that game before this call. There was no life in them. There was as little chance of the Sharks winning that game as there currently is of the Oilers winning this year's Stanley Cup, <laughs> by which I mean zero chance. Yeah. And I just, it's, it's, it is embarrassing, as, as Marsha said over and over again. It's a joke. It's embarrassing. And to me, if you are so sure that a call is wrong, and it's the same with it's the same with the pass interference thing. If you're so sure that a call is wrong that you have to apologize for it, fix it. Do justice. Mm. Replay the game or award it to the team that clearly, clearly was going to win. Fix it. And they're never gonna get to that level because nobody has the stones to do it. Mm. But it's as simple as the Golden Knights are not playing games that they should get to play. And the Sharks are playing games that they should not get to play. And the Sharks could beat the Avalanche, and the Avalanche will be eliminated by a team that should not be playing them. And then we could advance to the third round, and we could lose to the Sharks, and we'd be eliminated by a team that should not be playing at all. And then the Sharks could beat (laughs) whoever makes it from the East and lift a Stanley Cup that they should never have been allowed to touch. And it's as simple as that. And if you want to say there's integrity in allowing that to stand, fine. But there's not, and I don't have any time for it. Now that you mention that, that is how we'll be beaten, though. That of would be course, the most blues, the it's most the blues most thing blues outcome. And it'll be like a seven-game series, and it'll be like all because of like Eric Carlson, and it'll just be like, well, we wouldn't have had to play Eric Carlson at all. It's just, uh, it's just gross. Why don't we now talk briefly about these series and give kind of a prediction, and then we can go to bed. You can sleep in my room if you want to. Uh, that the, is not how this relationship works. <laughs> well, it might. Folks. He likes to stare at the Eric Brewer picture, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, the Bruins face the Blue Jackets. They won yesterday, 3-2 uh, to two in overtime. The Jackets swept... The Tampa Bay Lightning to get here, as we all know by now. Mm. And the Bruins, once again, beat the dog out of the Maple Leafs in a Game 7. It's uh. almost like they're doing it on purpose at this <laughs> point. It's And they also had a screw job call in one of their games, right? Because mm. they banned those officials, too, I think. But it's almost like they're like, eh, we could beat them in five, but wouldn't it be hilarious if we beat them in seven? It's three years in a row. Toronto is going to burn to the ground, but we can talk about that later. Bruins and Blue Jackets, who you got, what you think? Uh, what And would it have been different before the Bruins won game one? Would it have been different? I think I would have picked Bruins in seven, and I think I'm still going to say Bruins in seven. I think the Blue Jackets give them a big run for their money, but I think it's going to play out 
just sort of like the Leafs ones where mm. it's like, I bet you Blue Jackets look great next game. And then the first game in Columbus, Bruins will look great. Next game, Columbus will look great. And they'll, they'll get all the way to game seven. And, and unfortunately, Bruins that's Bruins look great. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I would love Columbus to win, but Bruins, I don't know. I don't know much about their depth. All their young players are like, I don't know who the Cicerello hell Achari is, and but Achari it keeps dominating but they seem to do all right so they have a they seem to have as much ability to do that as anyone other than maybe pittsburgh mm. or it's just like who the fuck are you who is sean Crowley, and why is he scoring game-winning goals yeah sean Crowley with a k yeah i was like huh? there ain't nothing right about that guy <laughs> like, mm. uh i called this yesterday before the game as blue jackets and seven and i will stick to it and i think it's the same i think it's a very even series I think the Blue Jackets have a little bit of the magic this year. Mm. And I'm not not convinced. I don't know who's going to beat them. It's probably the Bruins. But I'd like it to be the Blue Jackets, and so that's what I picked. Bobrovsky looked real good in Game 1. I didn't get to see yesterday's game because we are, were obviously otherwise occupied. Um, but, man, they looked great. I mean, they beat the Lightning, right? Mm-hmm. So Anything's possible. It's not, it's as, again, it's that sort of thing. It's like you can never say, well, they can't beat this team <laughs> because they already did the thing. That's true. Um, Islanders and Hurricanes. The Islanders swept the Penguins and the Hurricanes beat Washington in double overtime in Game 7 in what felt like an inevitability once we reached like the third period, which was weird. Uh, but it took them till double overtime. And, of course, uh, Justin Williams with the game-winning primary assist because he's Mr. Game 7. And God, he is. I mean, he just is. I guess that's true. So uh, what are your thoughts on this one? The Islanders have a home ice advantage, Mm. of course, because they're now the leading team from their division. (laughs) Okay. Uh, This was, by the way, a quick interlude. The first time in the history of North American sports that the all the division leaders were kicked out in the first round. In the history of American sports, it's never happened. Good so. job, NHL. North American sports, I guess I should say. Yeah. South America, you know, those, those <laughs> divisions never, are know loco. <laughs> um, Hurricanes beat the Islanders tonight, what, 2-1? to one? One, one nothing. nothing. One nothing. Overtime, oh yeah. damn. Jordan Stahl. Do, 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 do. Um, I think Islanders still win in six. I like it. I think this is the weird one. Like Hurricanes look good tonight, and then Islanders are just gonna blitz them next game. Yeah, I can see. That's that. just my feelings. Islander Hurricanes looked real strong at home, though. Yeah. So not great that the Islanders already gave up home ice advantage. That would be insanity to me if the Hurricanes were in the conference finals. I'd be like, no, no, no. I mean, yes, but that wouldn't make any sense. God almighty, give us a Hurricanes-Blue Jackets conference final. Oh, my God. Because you know Gary Bettman's rolling over in his grave. Like, Jeebus. (laughs) Uh, I've predicted Islanders in seven, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, I just think they're, yeah, the better team. Are they? I don't know. I don't know what either of these teams are, really. I guess of one. I know the Hurricanes are like the Corsi Masters, and Jacob Slavin, apparently real good, leading the NHL in postseason points, but, um... To me, it's crazy that either one of these teams will be in the Eastern Conference Final. One One of them them will, and it's like, what? They, there is only like only one of the four Eastern teams makes any sense to be there. Yeah, really. I just want Boston gone. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, Sharks and Avs. We just talked about the Sharks took game one. 
It could be a sweep. I mean, the momentum. I love the Avs. I think they're mm-hmm. crazy how good the end of their season has been. Kale McCarr looks every bit like the real deal. He's mm-hmm. an incredible talent. That top line's going to be a monster. They add a fourth overall pick, which should be a first overall pick. They're going to be scary for a long time to come. But I don't like. I don't like the situations the <laughs> gods have presented them with. This our last conversation really made this uh, this it's series crystallized. Fucking awful. I mean, I, the best thing for us or anyone yeah. else, except for the ads, obviously, yeah. is that the sharks do blitz them and get a sweep, and then just have that long layoff. Oh, I guess to I was going to say like a seven game series, but no, because you don't want to you don't want to face them right after they win game seven right. and they got momentum yeah, and yada yada. Again. Yeah, I'm. I'm. My prediction is Sharks in five. Like I, I think they'll all be close. I think the Abs will be in these games. They're not just gonna go away. They were tonight. Yeah, I could see. Like I could literally see because it ended four two. I could see all these games being five three, four two, mm-hmm. four three stuff. I just think the Sharks are gonna be on the winning end of all of them. Yeah. So I, and again, Martin Jones could just fucking explode in a bad way and <laughs> just be awful again. But I think it's Sharks and Five, and I, it, my worst nightmare of this really fun playoffs thus far, and I'm sure a lot of Blues fans and maybe everyone else other than Sharks and Boston fans is that it's going to be San Jose. I granted, God yeah, forbid, a California team versus a East Coast big city team just kill me. And they'll say, like, oh, but it's not, you know... It's not Washington versus, you know, L.A. It's not, you know, the two big cities or, you know, the Rangers versus L.A. But it's yeah, like, Silicon, might as well be. Silicon Valley's really suffered a lot in recent years. Honestly, really okay, here's, <laughs> if it's Sharks, if it's Sharks versus Bruins, who would you rather win? I'd, I would, most of the time, I'd be like, I guess Bruins. the Sharks, I but want I'd the want sharks. the Bruins now. I don't want this fucking, not this year, not with that bullshit. Isn't that weird? And also, I... Mean, Hate Pete DeBoer. Oh, right. I hate Pete DeBoer so much. He's like and, you're a Minnesota Wild. Yeah, <laughs> and like I, I, I like the Sharks in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. except Joe Thornton's a scumbag. Actually, screw the Sharks. I don't like the Sharks that much. Go they were Bruins. they were talking on Dangle, I think it was, uh-huh. or maybe or maybe it was Thirty One Thoughts. I forget. They were talking about Logan Couture. And they're like, he's super underrated. And they're like, yeah, he's they're like. Well, they have to say somebody's underrated now that Pavelski's. <laughs> well, dead. they were like, he, maybe it was Dangle. Is they're like, oh, when they talk, when you talk about elite guys and stuff, like you got to bring him into the picture or something. Maybe it's thirty one. Right, I can't remember. Right but I kept thinking like, he's not overrated, or he's not overrated, he's but he's rated. not un- exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought when I was listening. I'm like, no, he's a very good player. Yeah. The end. Like I think we we get a little too hung up on the idea of underrated. Or they'll say there like certainly guys. They'll say that he's a the people go he's elite and I go shut the fuck up. <laughs> like like I'm with who's elite on this team? Vladimir Tarasenko. Maybe. Probably, but maybe. Like even Petrangelo, I'm like very good defense and very not good. Not elite. I, I'm, I'm yeah. with. I'm very much with dangle mm. when we talk about the prospect pyramid which we're getting back around to which will be fun but like elite is elite mm-hmm. we throw the word elite around mm-hmm. way too when they're just like yeah in this day and or age. they'll say it's our the best player on our team so they're an elite player and we're like no your team might not have an elite player 
some teams well, have a lot. Even but... teams that have elite players maybe only have them for a year or two. Mm-hmm. Is Mitch Mitch Marner's elite right now? Mm-hmm. Was he last year? No. Is he going to be next year? I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's, it's very... like a very special. I mean, Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin; those well, are the guys who are elite. I was like, I have for a, ten years. I was like, I have a weird tier where eventually Eric get to Carlson, those guys. Not elite anymore. When you get to like McDavid and stuff, I think that's like the generational the whatever. Well, then, yeah, yeah. Then maybe we can. But even then, maybe but, franchise is beyond elite. But, but some like, people say that, but then that makes them think they go, "Oh yeah, that's franchise players." Then they make elite this really big band of all the other good to great players. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 elite's better than great. Well, and it's like to, to me, me, there's such a, a just a chasm between Logan Couture and like Nathan McKinnon, Leon Dreisaitl. Nathan yeah. McKinnon, yeah, Nathan McKinnon's perfect. Yeah. He's better than Dreisaitl. In the same way that there's a chasm in the opposite direction between Logan Couture and like Nazem Kadri or Braden Shin, mm. with due respect, like yeah, he's still a very he's good player. Very good, but he is not elite. He is not elite. He is just not. <laughs> And, like, it's not more complicated than stat sheets. We try, I mean, sometimes it is. But, yeah, you can just look at it. But we try to, like, we try to pretend there's no elite player that scored 60 points a year. No elite forward. There's not an elite player that doesn't have great stats, but it's the intangibles that make them elite. No, 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 no. Intangibles does not make someone elite. (laughs) Patrice Bergeron just is elite. It may be, and I love Tatrius Bergeron, mm. but he's right on that edge. And maybe with him, the intangibles put him over. But he's also 70, 80-point player a year, you know? It's just, I'm with you. I'm glad you brought that up, because... Drives me bonkers. Because mm. <laughs> they're like, he's underrated. And I'm like, no. Because they're like, they're like, we talk about him on that team, but maybe not enough. And I'm like, no, probably not. Like, probably the right amount. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and that and they did need somebody to replace Pavelski on the whole underrated conversations. So. Mm. Oh well. Uh, so good. Anything more to add? Games at two tomorrow, two in the afternoon. You won't be able to watch. Mm-mm. I'll be at some barbecue. I mean, I'll be looking at my phone nonstop and I'll text you, nodding my head we'll at you other in. people. We'll keep like, you mm-hmm. informed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what I'm going to play you folks out with. Maybe it's Baby Shark. No, I wouldn't do that <sighs> to you unless I do. We talked about the sharks a lot. We talked about Elite a lot, but I don't know any songs that go with that. They're making a wrestling promotion called All Elite Wrestling. Are you excited about that? I am I bet, about the thing, the thing I just learned. Here's about. the thing. I bet they aren't all elite to our earlier oh. point. I bet some of them are just adequate. <laughs> the adequate <laughs> wrestling promo. Um, yeah, we I don't when are we recording next? We haven't decided, right? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Sunday. Maybe Sunday. Yeah. We'll figure it I out. I guess we'll see how the game Depends goes. Depends on how the game goes. Worst comes to worst after the game Monday, but that's an eight thirty again, isn't it? No, it's the seven. That's the seven. Yeah. And that's... then Wednesday is the eight thirty. Yeah. Okay. So that's doable. Sunday, Monday. Yeah. Flip a coin, folks. Um, I mean, the outcome doesn't matter. We decide. But flip a coin. coin. Hold us to it. Uh, Until Sunday or Monday, let's go, Blues. And thanks for listening and something less formal than that. Mm -hmm. Believe it. And go, Avengers. I promise that you'll never find another like me.
I know you never get just what you see, but I will never fall you, baby. 